Welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Hope you had a lovely weekend. I'm a little bit bleary-eyed this morning. Well, I didn't stay up that late. I watched the first quarter of the Super Bowl last night between Kansas and San Francisco. It was 0-0, at the end of the first quarter. So I bailed out at that stage. But, you know, it goes on for a few hours. Anyway, Kansas did it again. Three seconds from the end of overtime. Yes, they touched down to win Super Bowl. They're a fantastic side. They really are. But San Francisco must be heartbroken today. Anyway, that was into the early hours of this morning. It's the early afternoon. You're on LMFM Radio's Late Lunch. You're with us this afternoon and uh, the week ahead, of course. It's a big week in the context of the year, folks, isn't it? Because this week we have Valentine's Day on the 14th, which is the same day, Wednesday, as Ash Wednesday. So there's a bit of a contrast there. We've plenty planned for you uh, during the week ahead, tied in with both events. But let's begin the week today looking ahead to Valentine's Day. And of course, love is in the air. You only have to go out and about and see the cards everywhere and the chocolates and the wines and the meal for two. Stay in, stay out, do what you like, book a meal. You know the story. Anyway, it's uh, the day after the lull of January and early February where uh, the hospitality industry uh, gets going again. It's really looked like that. It looks like that, isn't it? That's the, the, the marker. Anyway, Love is in the air. But if you're alone or lonely and would like some company, what should you do? Well, I think we have an offer now for you on late lunch. It may be hard to refuse because I'm joined by a man who has offered himself on St. Valentine's Day to anybody out there who's willing to take up his offer. Anthony O'Flaherty, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Jerry. How's it going? It's going well. I tell you one thing: when Earl Louise spotted your advertisement, she said, "We got to talk to this guy today on the show because here is an offer that just might tickle somebody's fancy in LMFM land or beyond today." Tell us about this ad you've put up. Where did you post this? Well, I put it up on a few, a few, a few uh, Facebook groups. Uh, Scary's connected. Yeah, and um, I put one in the Balbriggan community group there. So. Um, and I haven't had any offers yet, but I've had loads of emojis, <laughs> loads of lols. Uh, I've had one offer uh, that was asking if, if I take hats. I don't as well. Is there a cash element involved in this? And, and then it all dried up, so... So I'm waiting for an avalanche. I'm expecting an avalanche. Well, you're, um, you are. You're, you're going to get an avalanche before Wednesday, and especially after today when we flesh this out a little bit. Now, look at <laughs> um, it. You say that uh, I'm to rent for Valentine's Day, and I see one, two, three, four different options you're offering. Now, first of all, may I ask you, um, is it is this open to men and women? Oh, it's just open to, to women. I women. Think. OK, that's grand. Let's yeah. clarify that for a start. Are you attached, Anthony O'Flaherty? No, I separated. I was married and then I separated oh, about eight years ago. OK. So, um, so since then, I've been in and out of relationships, so that nothing, nothing of note, really, to be honest. OK, so you're free and easy at the moment. Is that OK? I am. I am. Good on you. Well, now we've cleared the ground. So, girls, free and easy, gentlemen. What age category? I won't be, you know, specific, but what age category are you? Oh, sorry, I'm 57. Oh, good man. Specifically. Great stuff. So we know now we have... And would you describe yourself as a bit of a looker? Oh. 
somewhere in between. <laughs> That's all right. That's screen. all right. That's all right. A bit of Photoshop and no bother. Sure, we all need it <laughs> now and again as time goes by. But that's that's grand. We don't want anybody who's out of the picture for uh, a lot of uh, a lot of ladies. We want someone who's in the ballpark. Now let's talk about what you've offered. Uh, number one. The friend zone. What do you get for the friend zone? Now, this is two hundred euro for friend zone. Tell us what's on offer for friend zone. Oh, I'd have to go in there because I can't remember. Well, well, I'll tell them because I I have it, yeah. so I'll take them through. You so for yeah, 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 you relax there. Now relax, relax. He's a little bit. He's a, he's 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 not a you know the looker of lookers movie star, and uh, he hasn't his notes for them today. So read into that whatever you want, folks. I have them here anyway. Friend zone, two hundred euro. So here it is: one hour of basic hanging out, no touching or hand holding, just to make you feel less lonely. Only available morning or afternoon, preferably between 10 a.m. and 1 o'clock. <laughs> Anthony, that's fairly specific, isn't it? It's fairly tight, that. It's fairly well, narrow, isn't it? Well, that's so, but if, somebody, uh, if I get an offer, then, you know, I could compromise with that and oh. maybe do an earlier or a later later meet you know so. yes okay so that that's a pretty benign one you know what I mean it's just really yeah. you know more like pals and a friendship type of thing yeah. uh, that, and, and tell me is the price negotiable are these prices negotiable Yes, yeah, the negotiable. There's also uh, different payment offers, off, uh, different payment packages. You could pay weekly, a monthly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. You mightn't get a shilling, depending on how that uh, one-hour basic hanging out goes. Let's move on, because, because listen, there's more on offer, folks. There's more than just the friend zone. So, number two, then, is innocent romance. Now, listen, I like this one. It goes up a little bit in price. It's €350, Euro, uh, ladies, for an hour walk... An hour walk, okay, uh, along the beach or in the park, hand holding. Ooh, hand holding. We're going up a bit here for sure. Uh, hand holding in private only. No photos. No photos. Now, there's a little bit more uh, connect- connectivity there. Can I say that? Yes, there's a little more connection with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's any time of the day. Can that be morning? <laughs> Noon or night? Morning, evening, <laughs> daytime. Not too late. Though. Okay, okay. That's that's the second. Now we're really getting into the the gold packages here. Now number three. It's called. Anthony says we're almost official. Now listen, this is a big jump in price. You'll have to go to the credit union for this one. Um, a two-hour evening date. Including a meal or ice cream. All right, geez, that's been expensive ice cream. A meal or ice cream up to the value of a hundred euro includes public hand holding and listen to this, girls, a private kiss goodnight, but without any tongue involved. Okay, now we're getting into the serious business, Anthony. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is a major step up from innocent romance. <laughs> would you allow a little tongue if you, you know, like if it was going well, would you allow a little? You would, you would, I think, well, would you? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> And then... <Options> <laughs> 
And then the absolutely gold nugget package. Are you ready for this, folks? This is going to knock you for six. Knock the socks off, you girls. And maybe more. Uh, It's called We're Dating, this package. It's €2,000. Okay, now for €2,000, what do you get? You get, you're picked up, a three-hour evening date, dinner, the movies with CDs and chocolate gifts. So you're going to provide CDs. They love, I presume they love CDs and chocolates. Uh, photo opportunities for sure. Unlimited hand-holding and a kiss goodnight. You may put the tongue into that one, that kiss goodnight, for 2,000 euro. Come on. You got it, Bill. You got it. You have to, I'm, I'm scrubbing that out. I'm changing that note. There's tongues allowed in that one there. Hold on a minute. I'm taking that off after this. And you will also get your name on Anthony's Instagram by, by oh, biography for seven days afterwards. Oh, this is sounding like I can see a ring here with this one, uh, you yeah. know, booking the venue for the nuptials, like all that type of thing. 2,000 euros. Now, look at 2,000 euros is a lot of money. Is it, it, it? You know what I mean. It is, isn't it? For that, it, it's, it's a lot of money, Anthony. Come on. Well, well, there's flexible payment options. <laughs> Again, you're back to those. Oh, you're trying to convince <laughs> them. You really are trying to convince them. <laughs> and and, and oh. cash is negotiable. <laughs> And I'm, I'm open to tips as well. And I was throwing a few extra clues. <laughs> I love it. We just love this when we saw it. I have to <laughs> hand it to you. Anyway, have you any, um, you know, uh, have you any uh, a letter, valedictory letters, you know, from previous girlfriends or women who would give you a little bit of a, you know what I mean? People could read your CV and you'd have uh, those little notes from previous lovers or women or that anything no. like that no no no, no all no, right no, okay no. okay I'm nothing like that no. we just have to take you at your word anthony then is that yeah. it I'd say so. I'd say you're a genuine <laughs> bloke, that's for sure. Tell me this, you're in Belbriggan, are you? Is that where you live at the moment? Am, yeah, yeah. Belbriggan, yeah. I yeah. love the accent. Where are you from originally? Where does that accent pinpoint you to originally, in the UK? I'm from, I'm from Bradford in Yorkshire, near Emmerdale, so that's kind of... Yes. You know, that's where I'm from. I moved to Ireland oh, geez, 25, 30 years ago. Did you? A long time. Um, a I'm saying obviously or flatty, it's, it's an Irish name, so well, that's great. Yeah. Over, you know, like many did during the yes. time and settled in Bradford and area. Yeah. And tell me, <laughs> Ireland, Ireland is home now, is it? Yes, you, you love Ireland. You're a long time here, it so is. yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's a message. 086 1800 658. Would you like to find out more? I've given you as much as I can about this man, folks. But if you'd like to find out more about him, send us a message now. What do you think? Are you up for it, girls? Anybody out there? Any takers for any of Anthony's package? Friends own 200. Innocent Romance 350. We're almost official 800. And the bells and whistles. We're dating 2,000 euro. 086 1800 658. Uh, let us know your thoughts on this one. There's one. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> the messages are flying in here. Anthony, can I read you some of the uh, late lunch yeah, listeners' responses yeah. to you? There's one from a woman who says, Joanne is her name. He's a total bloody Dell boy, Jerry. <laughs> Fools and horses. I, I don't think so. Now, listen, I think the man is pretty genuine. I'm just trying to suss out his bona fides. Jerry, another one there from a lady saying, Anthony, come on, son. 
you, I'd be expecting a week in Spain for that one, says a listener for the 2,000 euro. Anthony, a week in Spain, you're not giving well, value for Spain, money. Spain 2,000 covers that, do not it? So. <laughs> I think that, yeah, yeah I think... Yeah, and listen, you'll get a last-minute deal before Wednesday. Listen, oh, that is an option. Absolutely, there yeah. you are. There you are. We, we're negotiating through the medium of late lunch already for your €2,000. Now Anthony's taking you to Spain for a week. Isn't that just fantastic? We are really yeah. up in the ante here. I think you're getting into a bit of bother with me here, boy. You're going to have to head to the credit union yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You see, we wanted John today as well to give this a bit of time to sink in for Wednesday. You know what I mean? Pointless bringing yeah. you on Wednesday. There are lonely hearts out there today, and I'm sure you've touched them certainly today, and there may be a, a take up on this for sure before Wednesday. You know, uh, you know, nothing worse than being lonely on Valentine's no, Day. No, no, no. Grab a bag in. Yeah. Grab a bargain. I love it on Valentine's Day. And Anthony O'Flaherty is the best bargain you're going to grab this Valentine's Day. I love it. I love it. Where did where did the idea... What put you thinking this way at all? Tell me. What prompted this, Anthony? Well, I don't know. I just thought, you know, because some people take the whole thing serious and I just thought, oh, well, here's, a, here's an opportunity for a bit of crack. Yeah. So... <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, I hope you, uh, you're going to get a bite on this. He's put the baits out there, four different baits at different costs as well. And surely there is somebody out there going to take you up on your offer. I want you to let us know. Now, listen, if this happens, please let us know, won't you? Let us know on what package you've went. I will, I will, sorry, if I get anything, anything comes true. Yes, and by the way, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and by the way, tongues are in just in case. We've just scrubbed that off the offers today. We've just adjusted them a little bit there. So if you're looking for a bit more, Valentine's is Wednesday. Anthony O'Flaherty, you're a sport. Thank you for joining us on the show. Okay, Jerry. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Louise, Louise, talk to me quick. Talk to me quick about this man. What do you think? What do you think? Two hundred for the friend zone. Three fifty for the innocent romance. Eight hundred for the two-hour evening date. Two thousand. Two thousand. Wow. We are dating. There must be some man. <laughs> he is some boy for sure. <laughs> I yeah, I think I'm with that that texture. We can Spain now for the two grand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah no, definitely. Oh, I'd have to be like, they're like that's a lot of money. Mm. You know what I mean? What was the one about the ice cream? A couple of hundred quid for an ice cream. Hold on, it? that's what I thought was the expense. I think yeah. that package is a bit far fetched. It's the third package. Mm. It's called "We're Almost Official." Eight hundred euro, two hour evening <laughs> date includes a meal or ice cream. <laughs> Ice cream, you must be buying the ice cream van for that money, to be honest with you. Uh, ice cream up to the value of 100 euro includes public hand holding, private kiss, good night as well. Oh, 800 euro. Well, not a hundreds and thousands for that one. Oh, absolutely. Or <laughs> as they call it in the States, rainbow. You want rainbow on your ice cream. Of course, yes. Anyway. The Valen- crock of gold at the end of it. <laughs> there has to be. Valentine's yeah. Day is on the way and Anthony uh, O'Flaherty is in the market. He's put it out there. Are you interested? Check him out. I forgot to say, he's on social media. Yes, you can find him he on is, social yeah. media. Anthony O'Flaherty. You'll see all his details mm-hmm. up there. And he's between shifts. There's no woman in his life at the moment. He's free and easy. <laughs> 
late fifties, good looker, you name it, creative. Uh, he has and it a, all. A bit of crack, as he yeah, say himself. Yeah, and that's it. That's what it's all about. Valentine's Day on Wednesday. More and on. Break on late lunch. Stay with us on the show. A listener says, Louise, this is the first of April, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, it's not. We're on the run into Valentine's Day. You didn't see that uh, interested, like talking about uh, love and romance and Valentine's. In the north of Ireland, uh, the PS and I have just announced that in the last 10 months, right? Mm. 10 months in Northern Ireland alone, £700,000 sterling has been lost due to romance fraud. Oh, wow. Obviously, with, with Valentine's on the horizon. Mm. So there you are. There's no end of gulls out there when it comes to love and Valentine's Day. Not even Valentine's Day. Any other day of the week. What were you reading there? Were you reading something that romantic you picked up a message? Very romantic man. Yeah. One yeah. of our listeners. Right. put up on his Facebook page. He's selling Valentine's Day hampers. Okay. What's in them? Uh, for the men to buy oh, the ladies oh, of oh, their for... life. Okay. Mm. Very, very high quality. Very high quality grade of marigold gloves alongside a beautiful selection of um, what would you call them? You know, fairy liquid, uh, flash uh, cream, pink stuff cream, sif, not quite for what you'd put for your body, uh, but uh, this, yeah, this is all a, cleaning. This stuff. is a hamper for men to give to women on yeah. Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, hang on, there could be a little bit of a, an old uh, small box of chocolates. So small, I can't really see it. Okay, in, in the middle of it, in there as well. Yeah. Do you know what would happen if you handed that over? You'd be flattened. You would be, yeah, and rightly so. Absolutely, with very <laughs> gold gloves around the head. <laughs> Tell has been on to say, "Hi, Jerry. Does that fool think the women of Ireland are desperate?" He sounds like a nut or a creep, and probably. Ah. Oh no, he's uh, not. No, he's Thelma. only doing it for the he's track. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's lovely. Honestly, tell me, he's lovely. He, I, he actually that. says beforehand, <laughs> you know, Valentine's Day for a lot of people can be like Christmas, very lonely yes, time. Yes, yes. So yes. he just wants to lighten the mood. Oh, yes, tell me. Come on, he is. And, and thank you for your message, tell me. I really appreciate it. Perhaps he came across that, but he's not. Honestly, mm. he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. Honestly, I, I say that honestly um, let me see have I something else there to say to you about uh, Valentine's yeah it's, look at it's well, the, the shops are full of the cards and everything mm. at the minute and the chocolates and all that type of thing um, might get confused and even buy a few Easter eggs well, they're sitting beside them. And as soon as the as soon as the fourteenth or the thirteenth, twelve o'clock on the thirteenth, bump, everything's gone for Valentine's and everything for Easter then moves centre stage. As somebody said to us last week, was it Fino Nulon on the show? Uh, mm. there's just no break between anything. It's from one thing to the other non stop. <laughs> Non-stop this week, non-stick. You'll be going from the frying pan literally into the fire. Yeah, there's another one just popped in. Jerry, is that man for real? If I had it, I wouldn't pay it, but maybe for George Clooney. Mm. <laughs> you see that? There's still a little thought there in that listener's mind. George Clooney might come into the reckoning there if it were George. Anyway, Anthony O'Flaherty, check him out on Facebook and Instagram and all the platforms there. He has his uh, little uh, book of offers for Valentine's on display there. Um, Valentine's Day. What's to- Oh, yeah, sure, I forgot. Tomorrow's Pancake Tuesday, mm-hmm. isn't it? Oh, sure, that's, that's what I, I meant about the frying mentioned. pan into the fire. Yeah, and you'd need that frying pan if you got that uh, <laughs> hamper that's been put together there for you just to go boink. Um, yeah, Pancake Tuesday tomorrow. I forgot to mention that top of the show. It's an even busier week. You make your the- batter tonight. 
don't you? Well, you could and leave it in the fridge and it'd be it'd be grand tomorrow. You could do that. I'll make it in the morning. I'll make it fresh. You can use it straight away anyway. Anyway, we'll be talking pancakes on late lunch tomorrow with some people who know uh, their pancakes and know what they love on them as well. Um, what about the weekend? Uh, Biden and Trump. Uh, have you been watching the news between the two of them? Biden and Trump, both of them look all over the shop. Mm. Did you see the gaffes that uh, Joe Biden made? And the other fella talking through his arse again, you know what I mean? Oh, my God almighty. Is there not two better candidates in the States? I say that respectfully, but in the name of God, like, is there not two better candidates in the States for president of the United States? Mm. I just don't know. Anyway, will they replace Biden? No, they won't at this stage. Will they? No, no probably I don't not. Think they can. Will they replace the other? No, they won't at this stage. Who will win? Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I don't even want to go there at this stage. Yo, with late lunch on LMFM Radio coming up after two in the show, we meet a young girl, a teenage girl who looks after her mum. But on the way up to two, to our good friend, Anthony O'Flaherty, who joined us today with all the fun of the world in his heart. We'll dedicate this one. Here it is. John Paul Young on Valentine's Week. Love is in the air Everywhere I look around Love is in the air Every sight and every sound Thank you for your comments to the show. Trump will win easily, Jerry, says a listener. You know, I dread it and I've said it here, but as time goes by and circumstances unfold, well, it is looking more likely. Hi, Jerry. What's wrong with the vice president of America? Why is she not candidate for the next presidency? That's Kamala Harris. I told you when Joe Biden, uh, I told you, Jerry, and reminded you when Joe Biden was in Ireland, I didn't think he was fit to be president. Uh, on the other hand, says Frank, Trump is also a total disaster. It's funny about Kamala Harris. The vice president doesn't get much prominence, and it seems her popularity is even lower than Biden's by the looks of things, but it's it's an unholy mess, isn't it? It really, really is. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Monday afternoon. Now, we have a lovely story for you next, and in a moment, I'm going to have a chat with Anouk Beale. But first of all, I'm joined by her daughter, Lena, who recently was the recipient of a Meath Garda Youth Award, and she's going to tell you why, and she's on the line. Hi, Lena. Hi, thank you very much for joining me on the show. No school this week, Lena. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's my kind of girl. That's what you want to hear. I know you do your best when you're there, but it's great to be off on the midterm as well. Where, where are you going? Beaufort College, is it? Yeah. What year are you in? I'm in first year. Ah, right. So you're only starting out on, on the road. How are you finding first year after the sort of the first long term to Christmas and then after Christmas? Are you settled in well at this stage? Yeah, I'm settled in well. It was quite sad when I had to go back. But other than that, it's actually quite good. Do you find it different? You know when you're in primary school and you have the one teacher each year and then you move up to second level where you have different teachers for different subjects. How have you found that? gotten quite easy um sometimes it does get a little bit hard like when your legs get sore and like when you have to go up the stairs and down the stairs and up the stairs <laughs> and it's tiring but like you you get on with it <laughs> so it's class. have you a smartphone 
Um, I do actually. Have you got that thing that you wear on your wrist that checks your steps? Oh, no. Yes, I do. Well, you see, that's the benefit of doing all that. You'll be able to look at that each evening and say, "I've done good today. I got me steps I- in." So count that as a positive, young woman. Okay. I have to walk home, so that's a plus as well. There you go. There you go. You're getting the exercise. All is good. Anyway, congratulations on this award. I heard so, uh, something about this that when you, you know, obviously you'd be nominated, was it, by a teacher in the school, yeah? Yeah. Lovely. And a guard arrived into the school. You got a bit anxious, did you, when the guard arrived? The guard arrived to have a chat with you, Lena. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> What did I do this time? <laughs> did I forget to do the laundry? <laughs> understandable, understandable. But it was all good because you see what they wanted to tell you was that you had been nominated and you were the recipient of the award. Tell our listeners why you received the award. Um, I received the award because of my mom in the wheelchair. Um, she's had it since uh, 20... 20- 22, um, before I was born. 2002, yeah. 2002, 2002, yeah. 2002, and um, uh, before I was born. And uh, she, I can't remember my mom walking. Um, I have a video of my mom walking when I was three. Mm. Um, and um, it was really funny, actually. I was saying, look, Dad, look, because there was an Easter egg in front of me. And my mom was in, like holding my brother in the Zimmer frame. Yeah. Yes, yes. The buggy. And um, she was holding that so she could stand up. Yeah. And that was the last time I actually remembered my mum walk. So. It's a good a long time ago. And she's in a wheelchair because your mum lives with multiple sclerosis and she needs a lot of help. And the reason you were nominated and I've got the award because you are a fantastic help to your mammy. Yeah, and same. My dad is a like he's like the most bestest dad in the whole wide world, and he helps my mum a lot. And I just love him so much. And you have a brother as well, haven't you? Yes, I have a little brother, which is a pain in my back. <laughs> But you see, that's what little brothers are supposed to be. If that wasn't the case, yeah. there'd be something unusual in your family. But there would be something wrong. Yes, like. precisely. Absolutely. So just take that as being par for the course. Every young girl who has a younger brother and that feels the same as yourself. But look at seriously, you, your dad does. I know, cares for your mum, but you do. You all help out. I know this in the house. But you in particular are a very good help to her. But I suppose you take it now as just something that you do, Lena. It's not unusual. It's just your life. Yeah, it's just kind of like a part of my life. Like we just help out each other and we just do little bits and bobs to help my mom. Yeah. You help her in, in many ways with the chores in the house. I know you help her if she, has, if she needs the bathroom, things like that. You're there all the time. You're, you're there to help. And that is it. You're fantastic. You you really are. And you sound like a very upbeat young woman, a very positive young woman. Am I painting the right picture here? A happy young girl. Yes. Great. 100%. Ah. I, I think if, if you're not mad, then you're sad. <laughs> yes. So well said. That is so true. What was it like receiving the war- the award? How did you feel? Shocked. <laughs> Surprised. Happy. I was like, like I, I was on the verge of bouncing up and down. I was sh- really shocked, 
like everybody when I went up to get to to go to the front office, everyone was like, <laughs> like you're in trouble. Like no, I won an award. Yeah, like what? Fantastic. Excuse me, why didn't I win an award? Because your mom isn't in the wheelchair. Mm. You see. It's been recognised, and you mightn't think think of it as, you know, a huge thing. You just get on it, as I said. It's par for the course for you every day. But it is wonderful what you do, and well done. Congratulations on your award. Is your is your mammy there with you? Is Anouk there beside yeah, you? Yeah, my mum's right beside me. Would you put her on to me, please? Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. of course. Thank you. Hello. Anouk, thank you so much for joining me on the show. By God, you have a live wire of a daughter there for sure. Yes, I do. And it's fantastic to have her like that at home. Yes, she's like that. She's always in good form, is she? Most of the time she is, yes. Yeah. And for you, what what, what do you say about her? What You know, I mentioned there what she does and why she received the award. Obviously, to you, she's a godsend to have her and doing what she does for you. Well, that's it. And we go for walks. So she pushed me in the wheelchair. Like, I have an electric one now, but before I had one, I was just in the manual wheelchair. And she would push me around town and yeah. down the state and just to bring me out in the sun and to bring me out and about. Mm. Terrific. And that's another aspect of what she, she does as well. Look, this came upon you back in 2002. You had a fine career as a hotel conference and banqueting manager, but you had to leave all that behind. You, 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 you write now. You're an author. You, you write. Have you, have you published? Um, I self-published, yes. Yes, OK. And is that a help to you as well, you know, to keep the mind active and, uh, you know, to keep you busy? Well, that's it. Um what I wrote about, I loved reading, and I really did, but after a while, just got bored, so I started writing my own stories. Mm. So that's where it all came from, but yeah, it keeps me, my mind active and going. Yes, yes. Do you ever adjust? You know, a, a, a few moments ago there, Lena told us about she doesn't actually remember you uh, walking, but has seen pictures and that of you. You know, it's a while ago at this stage... Do you ever get used to, you know, not having mobility? No, and that's why I'm working hard to get my walking back. So I do my exercises every day, lifting up legs, and hopefully I'll be walking soon. Okay, so you still are determined to get back on your feet and get going again? Oh, yes, I most certainly am. I'm not giving up. Oh, good on you, good on you. Ah, oh, that's fantastic to hear. You must be so proud of her and delighted that she got the acknowledgement too. Yeah, no, so am I. It's so good to have other people acknowledge it too, like see what she does. Yes. So in that way, I'm delighted. Of course, I see it and I tell her, but after about kind of, it does become normal. So it's like, yeah, but that's what you do. Yes, it is so, good, yes, to get acknowledged and to be seen and yes. understood by other people who nominate her, which is, is simply, simply terrific. Anyway, well, so um, she's now the recipient of this in first year and going on uh, to greater things. Put her back on to me, will you, Nuke, for a second? Thank you for no joining me on the show. Thank you. Thank you.
And I'm back. Now your back is right and there your mammy is full of pride and praise for you. You're in first year. Any idea where you want to head with your life or what you want to do? Is that too early? Um, actually, I have two things that I want to do. I want to be an actress and a baker. An actress and a baker. Do you know something? That goes hand in hand today. You know, the great British bake off, all that type of stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, you can do both for sure. And are you doing anything to get you on that um, actress route um, or I've road? A, I've actually started a drama club in Beaufort. I started it and I've asked around and we're actually doing a play now. Brilliant. So you are making moves in that direction. And what about the baking? Are you? Are, do you like pancakes at all? Oh, I love pancakes. I'm making pancakes tomorrow for Tuesday. What's your recipe? 100%. Tell me your recipe. What, what, eggs, flour, water, anything else? Um, I put one cup of flour, one cup of um, milk, and then one, cu- and then one egg. And okay. then you mix that all around, and it makes these gorgeous, fluffy pancakes. Love Nothing else. That's it. That's your batter. Milk. You use the yeah. milk instead and of milk. You can, Go on. And then you can put whatever you want on top. Nutella. I love Nutella. Oh, yeah. Syrup. Butter, honey, or um, what's it called? Lemon. Oh, yeah, my favourite is lemon and caster sugar. I love that on, on my pancakes. But I know Nutella people absolutely go mad for it. So you'll be making pancakes tomorrow. So there you are. If you would like to taste um, uh, Miss Lena Beale's pancakes, she's making loads of them tomorrow. We're not telling you where she is. They're all just for themselves and not for anybody else. Great stuff. So baking and uh, acting is the aim of the game. I wish you well. I... Look at I'm listening to you today. You're full of joy and positivity and go for it, young woman. Congratulations on your award. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Lena Beale, isn't she just lovely? Isn't she just lovely? Wouldn't that just lift you today? Yes, it lifts me because I'll tell you, she's a great young woman. And you got a pancake recipe too. You see that? Two for the price of one. Anyway, short break. And afterwards, yes, we had a local... A very local representation at Super Bowl yesterday. I'm hoping we have them straight after this break. We're heading stateside. I did mention top of the show. I stayed up into the early hours, but I didn't see it to a conclusion uh, to what Super Bowl last evening. In the end, there was such drama. Kansas won it by 25 points to 22 for San Francisco. Uh, It was three seconds from the end of overtime when they got the touchdown. Now, many moons ago here on LMFM Radio, as you know, I presented Sunday Sport for 10 years and my next guest worked with me on Sunday Sport. He's become big time into American football and he was at the match last night between Kansas and San Francisco. James English, or better known now as Jimmy English. Thank you for joining me on the show. Good morning, Jerry, or good afternoon in uh, good afternoon in Drada. It's there's an eight hour time difference here, so uh it's a little bit strange to be talking to you, but thanks thanks for having me on. Not at all. I knew you were heading there. I was keeping an eye on you and I said I'm gonna try and get him on the money and thank you for uh, talking to us. I'm sure you got damn all shut eye uh, between uh, the end of proceedings last night and talking to me today. I can say for sure one of the most dramatic Super Bowls ever in terms of two it was nil-nil at the end of the first quarter. It was a very defensive and tactical Super Bowl, but fascinating. Is that fair to say, James? 
Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. It was very tense. Uh, it was it was very cagey. You might even say. I mean, that both teams seemed to seem to be trying to feed each other out uh, early on. And like you said, there, there wasn't a huge amount of scoring until well, until the second half. Um, but even then, considering the amount of offensive talent and star players that both sides possess, I mean, you look at you look at Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, two of the best tight ends in the two of the best offensive players in the business. And Kelsey, I think, only had one target through the entire um, period of, of regulation in, uh, in 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 normal time. So when you look at that, and you, you look at the scoreline when it, when it was coming towards the conclusion, it, it was very strange indeed. Um, lacking lacking in big plays, but not lacking in drama in the end. No, it was unbelievable. Uh, three seconds to go at the end of overtime. What would have happened had overtime finished, James? Just for listeners who mightn't be familiar with the uh, American football game. Uh, as far as I know, Jerry, it, it would have gone to sudden death where um, each team would have had one final possession or one final goal to score points. And I, I believe a, a field goal would have won it. Right. So whoever possessed the... So let's say, for example, if, if time had expired and both sides were still drawn, and they would have got one final go, and then the next, basically, the next, next score wins. The, mm. next, the next teams, let's say, Kansas City had got the ball first, uh, they would have had four goals or four attempts to score points, and then if they had failed in doing so, and um, then the 49ers would have their chance, and they would, if they if they scored a field goal, then it would have been over. Okay. What what so about the 49ers? It was. We, Go on. No, I was just it was uh, we, some of us had actually left the stadium uh, early to, to get our to get our content and our and our pieces written when it actually went to overtime. So yeah. uh, it was it was it was kind of un- very unexpected that we, we we did expect the 49ers at the end to try and take a take a shot at the end zone to win it, mm. uh, and as, as you know that they it went to overtime eventually. Uh, they'll feel hard done by, I'd say, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, when you see the scoreline and the way it finished, they'll really kick themselves, literally. Yeah, it, it's it's very... And the Chiefs have been doing it all season, Jerry. They've been coming from behind. They've been causing upsets. Not exactly... They, they didn't have a fantastic season. You know, they've struggled a bit at times, which is interesting, considering, again, that they have, you know, some of the, some of the best players in, in, in the game. Uh, and arguably the best quarterback now, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he, he's he's 28 years old and he's only he's won three Super Bowls already. Um, so he, he really has, like last night, cemented the Chiefs' dynasty uh, and it really kind of placed Patrick Mahomes in that in that sort of pantheon of, of great quarterbacks to ever, to ever play the game at such a young age. And, you know, funnily enough, the Kansas City won back-to-back Super Bowls last night and they're the first team to do so since the New England Patriots uh, did it in 2003 and 2004. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the future of the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward. Mm. It's some occasion. Is that your first Super Bowl you've ever been to? Jerry, it was my first American football game in the country of America. <laughs> I'd only ever been to games in London before. So, to, and, and it was actually it was my first ever Super Bowl as well, so... If you're going to do it, you have to do it in style. But um, I was a fantastic occasion. The, 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 there's a fabulous new stadium here in in, um, in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. And the place was absolutely hopping last night. So it was an, an amazing spectacle and event to be part of. And I feel, I feel very lucky to have had the opportunity to be here and to witness that firsthand.
I'm delighted for you because you've been always a big fan of the sport from ever I first met you and got big time involved here in Ireland as well. And that is a dream come true for you to be there last night. It is some occasions. I suppose we watch it on TV and you can understand and feel it from a distance. But to be there, the razzmatazz, the build up, the crowd, everything about it. It's it's a really unique sporting occasion in the context of world sport, isn't it? It, uh, I tell you, it, it didn't disappoint. You know, like you say, Jerry, you watch it on television, but you don't really, you don't really feel the energy. It's a different story when you're in the stadium, and you know you're you're hearing the crowd cheering. Uh, you have the noise, you have the lights, you have the the atmosphere, and the stadium last night, Allegiant Stadium, is actually it, there's a roof, so the noise is kept inside, and it's a very kind of tall. It's all, it's, it's the best way to describe it, Jerry. It's like a, it's, it's a cauldron of noise. A cauldron of energy, and it's it's just it was absolutely fantastic. And then, of course, the the halftime show as well with Usher that was that was spectacular mm. uh, to witness to witness in person as well. So the just the 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 entire event from start to finish was just it didn't feel real, Jerry. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, I had to I had to pinch myself <laughs> metaphorically a, a few times to make sure that I that I wasn't dreaming. But uh, I woke up this morning in Vegas, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm definitely here. <laughs> how just you were working obviously just to remind us why you were there and how you got your ticket yeah absolutely so uh, for the past number of years I've been running an American football website called Gaelic Gridiron and uh, so covering all sorts of American football from the NFL to college football to the to the local game in Ireland and, and as you know Jerry American football it's really taken off in Ireland in popularity in, in the past number of years and um, you know, more and more people getting getting interested in the sport. It's become a lot more accessible here than it was to watch and to, and to, be, to be part of um, years ago. So the, the goal of the website and the, the subsequent podcast that, that came out of the website is, is basically to raise awareness and in, increase people's interest in American football. So um, we're, we're hoping patiently that we'll actually have an NFL game here um, in, in Ireland in, in the next couple of years there was a, a game in Madrid announced for 2025 which is an additional European game which is fantastic to see so you know we all think it's, it's only a matter of time before a, uh, a regular season NFL game comes to Dublin obviously we've had the college games and we continue to have the college games and they're fantastic um, but again an actual regular season NFL game in Dublin would be, yeah. would be the pinnacle you know so um, anyway, it, it, it's on the cards. It, it, it's happening. It's just a matter of when. Ah, please God, it will happen sooner than later. I'm delighted for you that your dreams came true last night. You were at a wonderful Super Bowl. You'll always have that memory. And I'm so grateful to you that you took time to join us today with damn all shut eye. But listen, enjoy Vegas and the afterglow. Thanks for talking to us on LMFM today's late lunch. Jerry, always a pleasure. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's uh, James or Jimmy English there. You can check out Gaelic Gridiron. He's uh, the man behind that. And I remember him sitting where Louise is sitting in there with me for quite a while on Sunday Sport going back. By God, he's come a long way to be in Vegas last night for Super Bowl. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio coming up shortly on the show. A new regular wildlife feature with Aoife McPartland. Delighted to tell you that we're starting a new regular monthly feature on Late Lunch today. You know, through the years, you know 
how I love uh, the countryside, my wildlife, my garden, nature, the environment, everything like that. And I've missed doing this for a while, but I have a victim. No, I haven't a victim. What do I call her a victim? I have a new guest and a new contributor to the show. She works with Wildlife Rehabilitation Ireland. And I'm delighted to say hello today. I've talked to her before on the phone on a number of occasions. Eva McPartland, welcome into Late Lunch. Thank you very much. It's lovely to meet you in person. Yeah, it's great to have you here rather than on, on the end of a phone I know, well. thanks. It's lovely. Ah, great to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and WRI and your background, just for listeners. Introduce yeah, yourself. Just yeah. remind them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so Wildlife Rehabilitation Ireland, we're out in Mornington at the moment and we're trying to build Ireland's first wildlife rehabilitation and teaching hospital. But aside from that, we are also big into wildlife education, which is why it's great to be here today just to talk to people about wildlife and help them understand a little bit more about them. Um, we do a lot about wildlife crime as well and things like that. So anything really wildlife related where we can help our native wildlife. And um, that's what we do. So, yeah, I volunteer with them on a regular basis. Great stuff. Mm. And again, it's great to have you with us on the show. So what we're going to do each month is focus on wildlife matters in that particular time of the year. So here we are into the second week of February. Just something I noticed the weekend. I saw a fantastic picture in the front of the Times on Saturday of a frog with his big eyes yeah. and him in the pond and spawning had started. And a friend of mine actually sent me a message over the weekend to say, Jerry. I've seen a couple of frogs in the pond here, which is quite early. It is early enough for them, isn't it, to spawn? It is early enough, but on saying that, it's all around weather. It's all weather related, as with all wildlife. When they wake up, when they go to sleep, it's all weather related. So if it's milder than normal, that's going to happen. They will spawn a little bit earlier. They'll mate earlier. They'll spawn earlier. So purely weather related. The temperatures have been okay. They've been up and down, but they've never been really, really severe. Mm. So that would have a huge impact on when they spawn. So that's that's why you're seeing that. But I mean, in all honesty, kind of, you know, the um, end of January, early February, it will start in a yes. lot of cases. Um, so it's not crazy early, but maybe a little earlier than yes. usual. Yeah. And that ties in with them telling us that it's been the warmest January by one point something degrees. Yeah. So these creatures, uh, you know, are tuned into this yeah. increase in heat. And it's part of the, the global situation. I know people out there are, love the wildlife in late lunch land. Anyone with frogs in their ponds at the minute, let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Or let us know over the coming weeks if you see them. But it'll build now, won't it, Eva, to a crescendo as we move through February into the beginning of March. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the time now where everything is starting to wake up and you have your hedgehogs now that will start to wake up. Are as they well. coming out of hibernation? They will, they will now, yeah, yeah. As soon as the weather starts to get a bit milder, it only needs to be kind of up around five degrees for them to be able to wake up. So that's round about now, really. They'll start coming out now. So they'll have been asleep more or less since December, but they don't always hibernate. It purely depends on the weather. So if the weather is mild enough, they won't hibernate at all. Um, but mostly they will nod off for a month or two, yeah, when it gets really cold and the food is a little bit scarce. So that's a point I wanted to come on to. If they're waking up now and you know well for the rest of this month and into March and indeed into April, you can get really cold snaps and it gets frosty and tough. How can we help hedgehogs? You know, if we have domestic hedgehogs hanging around our gardens or coming in at night time or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question because it's a really, really simple thing to do. So if you have or you're lucky enough to have a hedgehog living in your garden, you mightn't always see them because they're nocturnal. So they come out at night. But you'll kind of know they're there because you'll see maybe little dishes, you know, your little plant pots might be knocked over, overturned, that kind of thing. But have a look out. Keep your eye out. They start to come out early enough in the night, depending on the time of year. You might be looking to see them, particularly as it gets brighter, they 
they'll start to come out. You'll see them a little bit. Well, I say earlier. It's not earlier, of course. It's just brighter. Yeah. But what you can do is put out cat food in jelly, not fish based, but just a meaty cat food. And they love it. And you would have that hedgehog in your garden every night for a bit of he- for a bit of. Why do you food. say not fish based? They can't tolerate it. It oh. actually, yeah, it upsets their stomach. And also to note, they can't drink milk either. They're lactose intolerant. So you would never leave a dish of milk out for a hedgehog or any wild animal, actually. It must be a dish of water. There's good advice and a great tip for you today if you're listening to us. But if you do start to feed them, they'll become your friends and they'll come regularly and you'll have the joy of seeing them. Do you know we have a fella called Harry in our garden as well? Harry the Harry Hedgehog. The He's hedgehog. been there years and you don't see him. He is very nocturnal. You yes. know what I mean? You'll rarely see him. But Ariva, one of my granddaughters, knows about him well. As, and she often says to me, I've never seen him. Sometimes it's hard to see them, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They're very active during the night. You don't really see them during the day. And that's another good point to lead on to is that if you did see them out during the day, that's not really a good sign because they're nocturnal animals. So they tend to be out during the day if there's a problem. So if you did see one during the day, it's always worth giving someone a call, a rehabilitator or even a vet and just ask the question what do they think because it's not really right for them to be out during the day Now it is bird nesting season really ramping up now I know we'll be talking to Niall Hatch later in the week from Birdwatch a good friend of ours as well but you can feel it with them already can't you you can see them getting into nesting and breeding mode Yeah absolutely the gardens are busy so it's good to get the feeders out now and start attracting them in and put up your nest boxes uh, Blue tits in particular they're quite early to nest and Niall will tell you all about that sure he's fantastic um, but they're early nesters and they love a nest box. So the blue tits are good ones. So if you put your nest box up now, they're starting to look for the sites to nest. So definitely start getting your feeders out and your nest boxes up and your garden will be a lovely busy wildlife haven. Is there not there is nothing nicer, should I say, than watching them feed away and all the different species and feed them and they will come. You know this, Eva. Yeah. That's the saying that was an American presidential saying. A little <laughs> bit different, but that is the fact with your with your wildlife. What else is happening at the minute? What, what, you know, these, what, what should we be watching out for in general sense? Mm-hmm. I know we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the foxes in a minute. Anything else? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, the birds, obviously, they're the yes. most obvious because they are now becoming very active. And still, it's great because we don't have a lot of foliage on hedgerows or on trees. So it's a great opportunity to see wildlife that maybe you wouldn't see in the, you know, when it's a little bit more dense in your hedgerow and things like that. So badgers actually would have cubs now. So the badger cubs will be underground at the moment. They'll come up in around April time. Um, so badgers will have have their cubs so they're really really fascinating as well also nocturnal animals that we don't unfortunately get to see too often but they are beautiful and they have a really interesting thing called a delayed um, implantation so they can mate any time of year unlike the foxes that we'll talk about that is just are just finished their mating season now but badgers have delayed implantations they can mate any time at all and then the female will release a hormone that implants the egg and then the babies are born in this time of year now because this is obviously when their food sources start to come out. So it's very well timed. Nature's very clever. They time their deliveries. Isn't that brilliant? Mm. Isn't that brilliant the way that works? And that is all down to nature as well, the timing and that as well. Um, Let's talk about the fox because... uh, the fox gets bad press, mm. doesn't that? He or she, really, they do. And yet, 
so many more foxes are coming to live among us in urban areas. I saw a couple of them only a few weeks ago down where I live. It's quite built up. Coming home late one night, I saw one in an area and another one. Urban foxes are a reality now, big time, aren't they, in Ireland? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they've had to adapt. I mean, we've moved into all of their spaces. So, you know, we're encroaching on on wildlife all over the place. Yes, we are. So, um, and they're clever. They are a clever animal and they are learning to adapt. Well, we, we have forced them to do so and they are doing it really, really well. A lot of people aren't too impressed about it because they're raiding bins and the likes. Um, An interesting little fact as well is that the rural fox and the urban fox are starting to develop a little bit differently now. So they've seen from studies in the UK that the urban fox, its snout is now a slightly different shape to that of its rural counterpart. So it's evolving. It's evolving to live in an urban lifestyle. Yeah, it's really interesting. And their brains are slightly smaller as well. But they're the same species of red... It is the same species exactly of fox. Exactly the same species, just living in two different environments now. So the fox, the urban fox, is digging in bins, so its snout is just changing shape ever so slightly over the course of time to help it with what it is doing in its environment. So you mentioned foxes have mated recently. Just mm-hmm. take us through, you know, from the mating and the, uh, the cubs and so on. What happens? A little life cycle lesson yeah. on the fox, please. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So uh, they've been mating around December, January, and some people might have been, I would say, lucky because I love foxes to have heard the mating, but it is a really blood curdling sound that they make when they're mating. And a lot of people are quite frightened by it. They don't understand it. They don't know what it is. Um, but it's fox mating December, January. So it's a shrill sound, is it? Yeah, it's, do you know, for want of a better description, it's like a scream. Mm. It's quite a blood curdling scream. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, so it's a little bit, you know, unnerving, if you like. But that just means you've foxes in your area, which is fantastic. And they are mating. So the foxes... Um, will start digging their dens now and creating their dens for their their cubs. And their cubs gestate for around two months. So they'll be coming out kind of around the end of March and the beginning of April. Um, Now, sometimes they're born a little bit earlier, as are, you know, most animals, Mm. but around about, um, yeah, eight weeks, two months or so gestation. Um, They're born blind and deaf and they're actually kind of like a greyish colour. Their fur is very, very thin and they're tiny, tiny little cubs. And a lot of people wouldn't know what they were, maybe, if they found them at that point in time. Um, And then they turn kind of like a dark brown and their eyes are bright blue and they're very, very cute at that point. Um, And then around kind of six, seven weeks, they'll start to venture up outside the den and have a look around and they get a little bit more adventures then. And they'll go from eight weeks on, then they'll start going a little bit further away and hanging around. But they'll hang around, ma'am, until the end of the summer, early autumn. And then the males in particular will start to kind of look around for their own territory then. They'll they'll start to disperse. Um, The females will often hang on and they'll help nurse the next lot of cubs the following year. The, uh, the vixens is the yes. female and the dog fox is the is the male. So that's kind of the general in a, yeah. in a nutshell, mm. um, the life cycle. And they will mate for life. So foxes will partner up. That's it? Yeah. There's no divorce in the fox world. No, they it's get on great with each they other. They get on the together. <laughs> End of story. Territorial, uh, you know, those males that move away, 
it, there's not room in the area where they were reared or born or that they got to go and find new territories. They do. And unfortunately, that's when a lot of them kind of run into trouble. You know, the younger males, when they're dispersing and they're looking mm. for their own territories, they very often get, they're a little bit, um, what would you say, they're just learning, I guess, you know, yes. and they get caught in wire fencings, they get run over on the roads and, you know, they, they end up in a lot of trouble. So a lot of young foxes, male foxes, don't make it past their first or second year, you know, which is really sad. High mortality rate. High mortality rate, yeah. And definitely, you know, any of the wildlife rehabilitators around the country would tell you that, that one of their number, I would say, outside of birds, the number one patient is probably a fox and or a hedgehog. So they're the ones that are... People love them. Like, I suppose it's it, it's a mixed uh, audience, really. Some people adore them in their gardens, in their neighbourhoods. They feed them, they look after them, they love to have them there. Others don't appreciate them at all. And, you know, you'll hear people, especially in the, in the uh, shooting game and from a farming context vis-a-vis chickens and that type of thing, you know, they describe them as vermin. Yes. Which is, in my opinion, a sad description of what I think is a majestic creature. Yeah, you're spot on. And it's the wrong description because they're legally, they're not, of course, vermin. And in fact, they control the vermin. And that's what people don't understand. I mean, they love a rat and a mouse. That's their favourite dish, you know. So they're actually helping. Really important, you know, they're really important in the ecosystem because they're balancing the actual vermin, Mm. you know, the rodents. It's an important point to bear in mind when people describe them like that flippantly. But they do get bad press, haven't they? They've got bad press over the years. And then, of course, the hunting of them and all that, which is illegal now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which is a, a big thing to be said about the fox. But, you know, people who domesticate them, can I say that, that some of them become domesticated? Is that a proper thing to do as a wildlife person, you know, to, to get them real close to you, that they they don't have fear and they'll come? What, what's your view on that? Yeah, that I, that's not a great idea. OK. No, definitely not. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a wild animal. Yes. And a wild animal is unpredictable by its very nature. Um, so it's, you know, and I mean, you'll, you'll see stories. They always come out of people with their pet fox or whatever the case may be. But we don't know the background there. We don't know the history. There could be a head injury where the fox is, you know, doesn't understand. It doesn't know where it is. I really don't know. But I certainly would not advocate for that at all, actually, because a wild animal is is wild. It needs to be out in the wild with its counterparts, hunting, mating and continuing its lineage. Um, So they're not pets. No, Mm, we've got dogs and cats. That's okay. (laughs) That that is true. Um, But to see them, to see them even from a distance at night, as you mentioned, you know, you see the hedgehog coming out perhaps at night, get a look at a badger, a fox and that as well. There's something mystical about them, isn't there too, when you see them, you know, you do see them in your garden or in your area. Yeah. You know, I get a great fillet from it. I love it. I love to see them. Yeah, they're really, really beautiful creatures and they've got such a stunning face, don't they? And such piercing eyes. They're absolutely stunning and they're so incredibly intelligent and they don't want anything to do with us. You know, so despite what people might think, people often fear about their, you know, their pets or their little kids in the garden or something if there's foxes around. Foxes have no interest at all in hanging out with us. They really don't. (laughs) They just want to get on with it. So do you say don't feed them? Don't put food out for them or help them? Hard weather, difficult conditions, what are you saying? Yeah, I would always say help them. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And food for foxes, what? Yeah, I mean dog food. Dog food, exactly. Just dog food, meaty dog food, preferably in jelly. Gravy's quite rich on wildlife, you know, on their stomach. They're not used to that. So jelly, 
Dog food for foxes and badgers, cat food for hedgehogs. There you go. I have somebody on to me there saying, Jerry, you'd want to hear the foxes here at night time recently. Uh, it's like a load of banshees. They're breeding, they're mating. That's what it's about. That's what you've been yeah. hearing lately. And yeah. uh, Eva just uh, mentioned that there a moment ago. So they're in your yeah. area, yeah. that's for sure. That's brilliant. Anyway, listen, I have to leave it there today. Thank you so much for coming in and joining us. Loved our conversation. We will see you in the month of March. Is that OK? Great, and great. we'll pick it up from there. But yeah. for the moment from Wildlife Rehab Ireland out of Mornington in County Meath Aoife McPartland thanks for dropping in thanks Jerry. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week Yes I picked my Artist of the Week this week in the light of uh, the movie about his life called Bob Marley One Love being released here this coming Friday yes it is Bob Marley on Late Lunch all week. Did you know he was born Robert Nesta Marley on the 6th of February 1945 in Nine Mile, Jamaica. But the family moved. His dad died actually when he was very young and his mum moved to Trenchtown, Kingston, uh, where with his mother's new man's son. Do you get that? His mother's new man's son called Neville Livingston. Actually, he was a childhood friend of uh, Bob's. They began making music and working together. Neville actually became known as Bunny Whaler, who, along with Peter Tosh and Bob, formed a group firstly called... Now, you better listen carefully to follow this. They were first called the Teenagers, who became the Wailing Rude Boys, who in turn morphed into the... Wailing, uh, sorry, the Willing Whalers, the, the Wailing Whalers, the Wailing Whalers, should I say, I mean, mixed up myself, before becoming the Whalers. Have you got it? So they did eventually become the Whalers. The boys were actually, did you know this, a vocal harmony group before playing any instruments. They didn't play any musical instruments until a guy called Joe Higgs encouraged them to learn how to play. And actually it was he who taught Bob how to play the guitar. If you take the decade 62 to 72, Bob and the lads, uh, they really dabbled in this, that and the other in terms of musical styles before finding their niche in the music business. Uh, So let's begin the week. I'll pick up the story from there tomorrow. Let's begin the week of Bob Marley with this one from Bob's Exodus album in 1977, released in 1988. It's a terrific song. It's The Three Little Birds. Bob Marley, my artist of the week on Late Lunch, all week this week with Three Little Birds and it rings true even today, doesn't it? Those little things, they generally turn out all right. More about uh, Bob in words and song tomorrow on Late Lunch, round about this time. Final break of the day on the way and afterwards I'm delighted to be joined by renowned children's book illustrator Brian Fitzgerald. Think of ACDC were in my back garden. I'd ring the guards. Pat from Navin was on to say that he used to meet a silver fox uh, on the trim Navin road coming home at night and he reckoned he was a very clever 
creature they are indeed let's move on on late lunch and I'm delighted to say hello to my next guest the story is a delightful children's book arrived on my desk some weeks ago it's called The Bear Who Had Nothing to Wear it's by Jean Willis but the illustrations are by Brian Fitzgerald Brian Fitzgerald a renowned Irish illustrator of children's books and would you believe it he's going to have a chat with me now on late lunch afternoon Brian welcome to the show Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Not at all. Look, I am familiar with your work besides this book. I have to mention one book that you're involved with. I absolutely. I think the title says it all. I don't want yeah. to go to school. Do you remember that one, Brian? I do, yeah. That's Tiger Press. That's a nice one, yes. <laughs> Lulu Bell wrote that one, yeah. Yeah, lovely book. And I'd say so many parents have heard their children recount those words to them over the years. But look, at I want to say to you, you're a pure genius. I just even see this book. I've been, I've had it a while and had time to go through it. I want to ask you this, and I suppose yeah. this is a curiosity I'm sure people have. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does the publishers approach you with their thoughts and the story and then you match to that or what? Explain. Yeah, well, well, that's the this is the thing. If you're uh, if you're an illustrator and and you don't write, then the publisher would contact you because they'd see your style and they'd say, oh, this author, this writing, this author, we could match them up. They generally do that. So. Yeah. That's how it's done, you know. Okay. Luckily, they got in touch with me for this one. Yeah, they did indeed. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? Because there's a real salutary lesson in it because there's this wee bear who has nothing to wear and through the week uh, wears different outfits. But really, at the end of the day, you know, the bear is himself or herself. You know what I'm saying? That's really the tenant of the story, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. It's just like, and the whole thing, in verse, uh, just about a bear dressing up in search of their own identity. It's lovely. And it kind of reminded me too a little bit when I was reading it first and I had to read it out loud most of the time because when I was trying to set up sketches for this, I tried to read it quietly. You just can't. It's, it's, uh, you have to read it out loud. Even if there's nobody else in the room, it's, it's, that's such a playful book. It's lovely, you know. So it it's is. Written. It is. And the bear, how did you come up? The bear's fantastic, I have to say. The the, the yeah. character of the bear. You came up with that. Is, that. is that in your mind's eye, you know, having, as you said, read through the story? Um, yeah, well, what happens then is it's. I don't have a lot of stuff in my head. I generally go searching <laughs> for stuff I'd like, like, like a teddy bear. So I'd, I'd go and I'd Google it and I'd look up things like antique bears and that. Till eventually I'll look at them all and then I'll sketch them up without having the reference in front of me. So I get to know them first and then I'd go and do sketches. And out of that, I'd probably end up with about four or five rough drawings and then I'd put it forward to the to the editor or the designer and we'd go from there. You know? Yes, yes. I have to read the first few lines because this is what you read too. There once was a bear who had nothing to wear and normally teddy bears don't really care. They're happy to dress <laughs> how you want them to dress but Albie, that's the bear, was not, I'm bound to confess. Albie arrived wearing nothing but four. He could have been either a him or a her. Most teddy bears let their owners decide but Albie would not but the bear has its pride and so on and so on it goes and each day there's a different outfit and at the end of the day there he is just in his bear bear skin again (laughs) Um, you know does it take you know when you look at a book like this and all those wonderful illustrations that you've created with all the different outfits how long I'm curious to know how long does a project like that take you as the illustrator Um, it would take me probably a month and a half if not two months depending on the project this one probably two months 
sort of a two month period with a little bit of a gap of time in between here and there. So um, I generally try to get them done in a month, but that's pushing it. So yeah. I always allow myself the grace of an extra few weeks after that. But that's that's kind of it, really. But um, it depends. You know, if everything's going well, it go, that's the time. But sometimes you you your ideas and the editor's ideas are totally different. So mm. you might end up uh, doing a job a little bit longer. But the fun is when you have an editor or someone to work with, it's kind of like having a mentor, someone there in the studio with you in your head that helps you direct and, you know, you're not working in isolation all yes. the time. And I, and I really enjoy that. Feedback's always good, you know. Of course. And and how do you work? What's your modus operandi? Do you do you work every day? Do you do uh, certain days of the week? Do you take days off? How does it work when you're in your studio? Um, up in the morning, very early, um, and then I take a break. Um, I like to go down... Uh, if you, sometimes I would go down to the local library. We have a nice one down in Dunleary here. Yeah. And what I would do is I would head down and I would have a look through the kids section, the picture books, and uh, often I would pick up three, uh, take them for a coffee, and then re- hold on to them for a week, maybe. So I get to know how how other books working, you know, and, and mm. I'm I'm kind of improving on how I want to write as well. So that's what I do. Um, different things like that, walks. Um, sometimes I would take sketchbooks uh, and a little seat and go and you know do some drawing in nature as well, which always helps because you don't have to. It's always nice to have reference later on, like a drawing of a close-up of a flower, or a plant, or anything like that. You can use later on in a, in a book. Yes, uh, no, nothing's wasted anyway. So. Mm. That's, what I, that's what I do You mentioned your editor there wherever. have you met the author of this book or have you been in touch in any way or has that been totally separate Oh that was great Now once we worked together beforehand we never spoke which which we didn't need to because the book was so good uh, I had to follow her cue um, but when it was published I had to and I did and I went to, to London to meet up with everybody and I met Jean and it was great I really enjoyed it we had a few days uh, a bunch of us and we got to know each other really well so I, I love that and I mean she's such a great writer she's written so many fabulous books mm. um, Jean Willis oh. is the author of course it's afterwards then when you actually fi- finally get together that, that that is so interesting but look besides books and that during the pandemic didn't some of your work there's a big pharmacy somewhere I'm aware of that your work appeared on the on the front of the premises is that right or was it a billboard or what that's right yes that was on the dock uh, the docklands it's also down in Waterford and I haven't seen it down there yet um, but it's an Irish an Irish pharmacy. Um, yeah, um, it did. Uh, um, but uh, unfortunately, I haven't got many photographs of it because it's somewhere in Waterford and I don't know where it is, but I have to find yes. it eventually and go and yeah, see yeah, it. But yeah. it's nice to see your work uh, exploded up to such a big size. Um, ah, terrific. Window, yeah, you know? it's terrific. Ah, you are such a talent. Multi-award winning, etc. I love the book, The Bear Who Had Nothing to Wear Nothing by to Jean wear. by Jean Willis and illustrated by our very own Brian Fitzgerald. Keep doing what you're doing. You're simply wonderful. Thank you for joining That's me great. on the show today, Brian. Thank you.
Thank you, Jerry. Thank Take you very care, much. Bye. Bye. What a lovely book. I must give that away uh, one afternoon. Not today, because Brian Farley is on his way with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Have a lovely Monday evening. We're back. Pancake Tuesday. Here's Noah Khan. As you promised me that I was more than all the miles combined, you must have had yourself a change of heart like halfway through the drive because your voice trailed off exactly as you passed my exit sign. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.